Hello, Church of the Cross. Those of you who have listened to this podcast have heard me talk about how much it would be great to cover, cover other topics. Well, I got a taker. My friend John Hardiker already spent a year in the basement with nine great albums. How was that year, by the way? Uh, it was relaxing. Relaxing? Yeah, it was relaxing. As I recall, you had a sensory deprivation chamber. Yes, that's why it was relaxing. That's why it was relaxing. Yeah. Sweet. So he came to me with an idea. So without further ado, here is my friend John Hardiker. Now, John, hello. Hello. What What is the, uh, the scenario you've got for me that we're going to talk about today? So uh, I've decided nine meals or nine people I'd like to get to know is really kind of the um, the premise. So I want to get together with nine people for long enough to understand them, I guess. So dinner sounds fun because I like to eat. Sure. So that's why I broke it down to that. So are these uh, living or dead? Living or dead, past or present. Past or present. Uh, like I, also all over the place. I almost threw a future in there because I thought that'd be kind of fun to see like a future a future me. Like future John. Like talk yeah. to myself in 30 years. Uh-huh. Okay, let's be honest. More like 20 years. Uh, (laughs) Let's hope. Let's hope. Let's hope hope 30 years and that you would be good enough that you could have a dinner conversation. You could have a conversation. Because there's no guarantees when you're getting to a certain point of how well you're going to be able to eat or talk. Right, yeah. I could drink drink through a straw. Sure. My meal in that way. Yeah, yeah. A smoothie meal. Yeah. And then I figured since we're going to try to stick with the theme, we've got, you know, we've got the Bible and Book of Common Prayer. So I figured Jesus and the disciples are already in there. So sure. that's like, you know, so you, you already, you already the Bible. speaking yeah. with them. It's already, uh, that's already covered. Yes. So that would, otherwise that would maybe take up a few. And most of us, I would say people, you know, most of us at the church and probably most, a lot of people outside the church in the world in general would be interested in having a meal with Jesus. Right. Just so, I mean, it's kind of an obvious one. Right. So we can, we can, we can, we can, we yeah. can go from there. Yeah. And plus we do get to have a meal with Jesus Every Sunday. Absolutely. So, yes. I mean, that, we all right. get that anyway. Well so, played. Yeah, well thank played. you. Yeah. So, uh, okay, well, great. I'll look forward to hearing what you have to say. So what is, who, who not what? Who? I always say, what's your first album? So right. who is the first person that you would really like to get to know? Well, uh, it's obviously you two. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you, Bob Dylan, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be you two, Bob Dylan. You two, like all four of them. That's four picks then. Right. That's the, well, <laughs> we could have book series. For those of you previous. who haven't listened to the podcast too much, you two has made a lot of appearances, so that's yeah. a good joke. Uh, but that's just a joke. So the my first person would be my dad. Oh, so, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my dad's died uh, years ago. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ten? A good five, nine or ten a good years son ago? would know this. I think eight years ago. It wasn't that long after my bad. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I, think, I feel like it was like a year or two after that. Yeah. It was around. So I found out my dad was going to be um, in 2013. I started college, and I found out that my first day of school, my dad was in his, his surgery. They were going to take out a lot of things, and they opened him up, and the doctor looked in and said, "Nope." Your cancer had grown while on chemo. This is, this isn't gonna work right. Yeah. And then that day, my dad said, "I'm not doing anything else. We're just gonna hospice this." So yeah. he went another two, two and a half years on uh, hospice care. So that would have probably put it in fifteen. So yeah, there you go, seven, eight years ago. Yeah, I remember him being in the prayers of the people for yep, for a long time, quite a while. Yep. He yeah. hung around for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, but since then, I mean, obviously, I just want to have dinner with my dad. It'd be fun. Of course. But. Since then, um, I've noted that, like his influence now not being in the family, how that has changed. Yeah. How everybody 
react. So, like, yeah. my mom is not my mom anymore. She's a totally different person for other reasons, I think, too. But without dad there, the whole family dynamic has changed. Yeah. Um, which I didn't realize in the past. I mean, I didn't realize my dad's influence in it. I mean, obviously, you know, your parents are your parents. But I didn't fully understand what depth of influence he had or which one like I always thought my dad was the sort of quiet reserved one and my mom was the one that brought him out mm-hmm. and I think now I found out that is kind of the other way around okay my dad was the crazy one that my mom was drawing back uh-huh. um which I think is fun and good it, it just looks at the relationships a little bit differently sure is there any uh I mean obviously you're gonna have a limited amount of time so right is yeah. there any topics you would really really want to cover being in the same position as you, my dad died 10 years ago. I mean, he was one of my closest friends. So it's like, there are definitely some topics I would Yeah, there are cover. topics. I think, um, I haven't thought too deeply on the topic mm-hmm. um, as far as like which, what I'd want to talk about. I kind of want the conversation to just go. We were not always chatty when we were together, which people probably find hard to believe, but um <laughs> Not always super chatty. We usually were task oriented. Oh, sure. Um, so there was a lot of, uh, like we were talking about the whatever you know car I was working on or mm-hmm. project I was mm-hmm. working on or he was working on or genealogy or those type of things. But mm-hmm. um, I think, I'd, yeah, I think I'd really like to get his history, his story, because um, more and more we're finding as we bump into different things from different people in the family, there's just a incredible depth of story in our family that some of it is a horror story some of it is uh comedy but we just we don't have all that details Mm -hmm. i think i would love to get a lot of those details and um from that and then just selfishly you know have a meal with my dad sure totally that's a great yeah it's a a great first pick yeah so So that's my first so yeah it's a good one who's number two number two is so my drive in almost everything, my every time, like my whole brain works this way, I have to understand how things are made, how they work, and uh-huh. how to either build them or make them or remodel them or change them. Or I'm always thinking about that. So in that line, Da Vinci. I would, oh, sure. I would love to meet with Da Vinci. Um, mm-hmm. Just because like how the brain works, how his brain worked, inventions, and then art. I mean, like... All of the things that he did were very creative in an artistic way, Mm -hmm. creative in a mechanical way, like just coming up with just some inventions that he's had Mm -hmm. that are like, what on earth were you, how did you get there? Like, Mm -hmm. so I just like to sit down and understand how he attacks a problem, how he sees different things when he looks at stuff. What is the thing that goes into his brain? Like, mm-hmm. when I see things, the first thing I see is, what does the machine look like that made that? Mm-hmm. I need to understand how the machine made that so that I can never make it myself. But I want to know how to make the, the machine that would make whatever that is and put that together. Because it's it's fascinating to me to yeah. understand that. Are you uh, at all, do you know about Ken Burns, his movies? You know who that is? I know the name. He's a documentarian. Yeah. So he's done like the the big one he did thirty years ago was the Civil War okay. documentary. Yep. You know, like he actually, I just recently saw I did one on. Uh, he's releasing one. It's like his first non 
American mm. topic okay. is going to be Da Vinci. Ooh. And it's supposed to come out, I think, in the next year or so. so. Interesting. Well, yeah, plus he's got out. the code, you know. So the... <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, something having to do with... Uh, all the creeds and yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> yes. So this is the other thing. Well, that, I would imagine that would be high on a lot of people's lists. Him. I would think so. Yeah. I mean, I because like I said, he branches over a bunch of different topics. I think. Yeah. You know, so art. Yeah. Architecture, science. Yeah. I don't really know much about him, to be honest right. with you. And I think the more I bump into, the more I'm like, yeah, the, like that guy. Didn't he like draw a helicopter? Yeah. Like back in whenever you know Renaissance. Yeah, like, back in yeah. when I was at Dunwoody, um, there was a guy that was also really into Da Vinci, and he said that um, there was an invention that Da Vinci had come up with because he knew we're eventually going to overpopulate, mm-hmm. so how we need to conserve our space. Mm-hmm. So he designed a corkscrew style um, funeral home is the wrong word for it, but like <laughs> yeah. vault. Where you uh-huh. just slide the casket in there and crank the thing and it would just drill its Keep way going. down. And eventually okay. you would just, you know, you wouldn't have six feet under. You'd have 60 feet under. Yeah. You know. Some, eventually you'd hit something that you couldn't keep going. But yeah. Right. But eventually you, in theory, it's going to get pretty warm down there. And you're going to sort of, it's just going to keep. Be able to. Yeah. Dispose. Dispose. Yeah. So you're going to, yeah. You're going to incremate. Thinking ahead. Yeah. Well, <laughs> one of the things he said, though, was I have been, his, you know, a quote, I have been impressed with the urgency of doing. Knowing is not enough, we must apply. Being willing is not enough, we must do. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, um, in today's culture, I think we're a lot of knowing, a lot of willing. We're not a lot of doing. And I think we need to have more doing. And the doing is usually posting something. Right. Yeah. Hashtag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's your action. Yeah. That's your action is like <laughs> this, creating. I can't believe that we've got all these problems in the world with all the hashtags we've got out there yeah. that it hasn't cured everything. Yeah. But there it is. <laughs> okay. So we've got your dad's name was Don. Yes. Right. So you got Don Hardiker. Yeah. Leonardo da Vinci. Who's yep. number three? Number three would be Adam Driver. Because. Right? Adam Driver, the the, uh, the gentleman, Kylo who's Ren. Kylo Ren. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> he has an he has a fascinating story. Fascinating I, story, which is the exactly li- the reason I want it. From the little bit that I know of him, yeah. um, he has a really interesting story. So uh, I watched a TED talk with Adam, and he was. Ta- I think I watched a couple minutes of that one time. Yeah, and it's I mean it's amazing. So he marine and uh-huh. um, did all of his war stuff and then came back and was looking for ways to um, cope with everything he had seen, all of the things in his life, and um, started coming up with like acting and uh, doing a, uh, what do they call it, a spoken word acting is what he ended up doing is a a traveling troupe of spoken word acting Mm -hmm. where they get up and actors just read through stories dramatically um, for vets to be able to sort of connect with their um, emotions sort of externally. Almost like a therapy. Exactly. Not even like. I mean, it was designed as therapy. therapy. It was designed as therapy. So, I mean, it helped him. He's actually a pretty good actor. He's got some, I think he's got some pretty good chops as far as acting goes. Have Uh, you ever seen uh, Patterson? It's a movie of his. I don't. If you want to see him like... In a, a real, like, sort of meaty acting role. Yeah. 
it's uh it's a really interesting movie. It's a little bit it's kind of a it's an art movie. Okay. So it's yeah. a little bit uh Is that the one where he's having nachos? Nachos. I don't think so. Oh. He might well it, I watched it once with Steph, and I and it's about it's, it's set in Patterson, New Jersey. Okay. And his name is Patterson. Sure. And so there's like this whole symbolism around him, and he's just really good in it. Yeah, yeah, he's a really good actor. I think he's interesting. I mean, I like to, I would love to hear his story, just as far as like what he's talking about and sort of his journey through all of that. Because um, I mean, I just love stories. Sure. I love people stories. And yeah. I remember you talking a lot about that when you did your albums. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? He did a movie just a couple years ago. I think it was called Wedding Story or Wed or Marriage or. That's the one that, that's got the one with the him and line Scarlett out. Johansson. I think so. I think that's why he's got it. Yeah, it yeah. got great reviews, but it was supposed to be just devastatingly depressing. It was. Because it's about like a. You saw it? Yeah, it was. Um, the, I think that's the one I saw where he. They're, basically, they're going through a very bad marriage. and Yeah, ends it's in, coming to an end. Spoiler alert, I think it ends in a divorce. Um, <laughs> yes, it's like about the lawyers and everything. Yeah, and all that stuff and just how he, I mean, just their life is just, just falling apart. Uh-huh. Um, which they actually, have a child, I think, in the film, right? I can't remember. I think they do. Um, yeah, but it just goes through all of the process of the messiness of life, but... Which reminds me of a quote that I've heard where people say, marriage is hard, divorce is hard, choose your heart. Yeah. And, I mean, life's never that simple, but so many parts of life are that simple where mm-hmm. it's, no matter what you do, it's going to be hard. So you can choose the hard thing or the other hard thing and <laughs> which one which one do you want? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that I, w- I had a real, um, I'll ask your opinion about this. I had a real um, hot and cold response to the sequel trilogy, the mm. Star Wars sequel trilogy. Yep. I really did not like the last movie, The Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Uh, I thought Force Awakens was good, and then Last Jedi was kind of ambivalent about it. I thought there were, per- but the one thing that I will say about that trilogy that was really good was him and Daisy Ridley. Yeah. The two of them were yeah. great, even with the, the story being not what I was hoping for and the story itself being inconsistent between the three movies. I felt like those two characters were really good. And his, and he and him as the tortured yeah. son of Han Solo and yeah. all that stuff, I thought it was really, yeah. really good. Nearly destroyed uh, about the idea when when Harrison Ford walked out on the, the again, spoiler alert. In the last one. Yeah, where Harrison Ford, no, not even in the last one, I think it was before that, where Harrison Ford walked out onto the um, the bridge with him. And he oh, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what I need to do, to, but I don't know yeah, if I have yeah, the yeah. strength to do it. Um, the first time he used that line, and um, absolutely, 100%. He was great. As a, Well, at that scene, as Harrison Ford, who knew exactly what was coming, you know, Han knew exactly what was about to happen, and basically sacrificed himself to do it. Mm-hmm, yeah totally see that as a parent yeah yeah totally could see that happening and and the way he like touches his face right like when yeah. he's falling oh is yeah they it was it. brutal yeah it was brutal <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but there was but that and that was what was hard is that that first film did have a lot of promise of the I three think, yeah. and then and then the second one kind of you could tell it was a different director and then yep. the third one, it was like, well, we got to get back on track. And it just was, by the time I got there, it was a mess. But he continued to be good. And I felt like his character all the yeah, while. Yeah, I, I think so. um, 
I think there was a lot of campiness in all of the Star Trek, Star Wars, so woo, Star <laughs> Star Wars movies, um, and Trek actually, but uh, all the Star Wars movies are very campy, and um, there's a you have to step into this world that's going to be acted in a certain way, yeah, <laughs> uh, and just be like, I get it. There's this long story arc that I'm buying into, and I mean, what is it like? I mean, it's got to be 15 movies at this point that it's yeah, a, a story. I mean, there's the nine, the mm-hmm. three threes, and then there's all the little bits and pieces and then in between. The TV shows, and... yeah, all these little bits, and then the animated, and the, I mean, there's so many movies in there. You just you buy into all of it, and I just love like, even though yeah, I mean, some of the like the acting is like seriously. <laughs> I know they're better actors than that. It's clearly the director that's like mm. telling them, "I need you to overact this or way underact this or whatever." But not him. Yeah, he did a great job. I thought he and did I a fantastic job. I think that you're right job. in terms of the the interest of like I feel like his story. I mean, I know a lot of people are in the military, but it doesn't seem like a lot of them go on to be Hollywood actors. Right. <laughs> right. So it, yeah. it, it does feel like an unusual combination enough that there's a really interesting story there. Yeah, there is an interesting story there, and I think it's. I would love to explore it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Who's number four? Number four is David. 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 King David. King David. Because he had the mighty men. He had this like group of very um, committed, really like super tough guys. Mm-hmm. That, um, yeah. I mean, when you look at it, you're like, okay, this is... Not to mention just him. Right, and he was fantastic, and man after God's own heart, Mm -hmm. and yet um, failed, and yet succeeded in so many ways, right? Mm -hmm. And to, to, I mean, you watch the story arc of him up and down, and um, who also screwed up and and did some couple, you know, a couple bad things here and there, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, And a lot more, I'm sure, that weren't even written down, that... But I'd love to understand. Well, he's he's um, he's a. In, I mean, you could say that Shakespeare borrowed from David. I mean, you, I was going to say it's a Shakespearean level tragedy, but Shakespeare was twenty five hundred years after David. I mean, the degree of his downfall, even though he dies still king. Right. I mean the. It get couldn't get. I mean, you could see worse because other kings that were didn't follow the Lord at all. It got, it was worse, but. I mean, in terms of his own implosion, it's yeah. it's it's um, it's a really tragic story. Yeah, and his people Horrible. also suffered. Oh yeah, and his people also uh, prospered. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. this. So, I, I mean, that's part of what draws me to that is the his strength of personality, um, his strength of character at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but like all of us, you know. We yeah. have times of strong character and times of weak character. But I'd love to understand how he like to see it happen. I think it just I my people talk about like if you had a superpower, what would it be? I would love to time travel. Mm-hmm. Not as a person that can interact with time. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't want to go back and be like, ooh, I'm gonna stop this from happening. I'd love to do that, but I feel like it would just it, I think it's pointless because we'd screw up in other ways. But I think I would love to go back as a fly in the wall mm-hmm. and just witness and watch the different things happening in the world. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, being the fly in the wall watching the signing of the Declaration would just be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, to, you know, to see 
the angel appear and say, do not be afraid. Yeah. Doesn't matter which time. Yeah. That they said that, right? <laughs> but just to see there, to be there and see it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be fantastic. So what's number five? Number five. Who's is, number five? Who is number what? five? Yeah. Uh, Shackleton. I think it would be the, you're familiar with the story, I'm assuming. The, no. So he's the one that went to Antarctica with the ship. And, okay. And got frozen in. Okay. Um, and then basically they thought everybody was dead. And um, he got his entire crew over ice out of there. Uh-huh. Uh, and they all survived. And, um, I mean, crazy to get there. But What year is this? Uh, or like what century? I don't even know. I, don't it's, know. It's, I mean, it's a wooden, it was a wooden ship. It's a wooden ship. Because they found it. They just recently found his ship. Okay. Um, and nine, early 19s, I think. Okay. Pretty sure it's early 19s. I don't get deep in levels. I just, I like understand things. Uh, anyway, so he went down there and everybody, I mean, imagine being trapped in Antarctica with only the supplies you brought in your ship, which is now... And if you're frozen, it means it's winter. Yeah, right? So it's, it's winter cold. in Antarctica. It's yeah. not warm. Yeah. yeah. You're crazy enough to go down there, I think. Um, and then to, to hang out there and be stuck. Mm-hmm. And then to walk across a continent mm-hmm. in the winter to get out of there. And he was able to... Get everybody out. Mm-hmm. Everybody lived. Um, he was able to... He had thought well enough ahead of time. There's no way he didn't have a plan for this. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think you could, on the fly, come up with a plan like that. And if you could, I'd love to meet the man that yeah. can come up with a fly, on-the-fly pattern, or plan, uh, to mm-hmm. get somebody, an entire crew, with all alive, out of there. Yeah. And obviously they were dinged up a little bit, but... Um, yeah. But I think it would... I'd like to meet that level of adventurist. Yeah, totally. Who's also smart enough to be able to get back. Yeah. I think there's a lot of adventurists. Just the uh, ingenuity and the resourcefulness. That's the one I'm looking for. And the drive. Like, what drove you down? I mean, I get it. Did they take food with them, I guess? They must have if they had a ship. Yeah. I think they did. I mean, I haven't dug too deep into it. Penguins or something? Right. Penguin, (laughs) blubber, you know, I mean, all those type of things. Like, there's, there's animals down there. Um... But, you know, how do you catch them? Yeah. Well, there's enough penguins you probably could, but I don't know. Do you eat? I guess people, I guess you could. I think if it was that cold, you Some eat, degree of protein. You eat penguins. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would eat anything if it was that cold, right? <laughs> All right. Well, who is number six? Number six, just because he's my obvious doppelganger, oh. is uh, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it would be fun just to, I mean, he just, he, I find him amusing. Um, he seems like he needs... A little of my advice on weightlifting, so I could, oh, yeah, and bodybuilding, totally, I, I feel absolutely. like he could, I could help him out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good of you. So this is not just this is for your journey. own personal, this isn't just for your own personal uh, curiosity, it's also to help people. Right, I like to help others. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, I mean, he's just a fun character. He's got a good story from what I've heard. Yeah, um, I don't know anything about him other than yeah, yeah, I mean, what he is now. So. I mean, it sounds like it's a uh, difficult start. Yeah. And he's obviously doing pretty well right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, doing pretty well for himself. Yeah. And I mean, very charismatic, very mm-hmm. humorous. Um, and I think it would just be just fun to sit back and have an enjoyable time with somebody who seems like they're going to be a fun person to bump into. And then I could walk around and be like, yeah. The other day when I was having dinner with Dwayne. Yes. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. 
and he's like he's just coming out with a new movie i think a new mar like a not marvel movie uh dc comics movie i can't yes. remember the name of it uh, black adam Yes, Black Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't know anything about the character, but I did see Yeah, I don't know anything about the character other than the previews that I've seen, yeah. and it seems like it's a humorous show. It's going to be a humorous show. So, I'm looking well, forward to that. Who's number seven? Number seven is... Um, I'll, I'll put move down. Number seven, I'm going to say, is Teddy Roosevelt. Because I think that would be... Um, I feel like he's a modern-day David... In some uh-huh. ways, um, bombastic, yeah, personality, um, principled, right, principled and screwed up as well. You know, like <laughs> so I think he would just be. I realize I I envision Robin Williams when I think of Ted, <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt. Well, isn't he the? Doesn't he play him? And yes, exactly. What's the, what's the name of the movie? Uh, the Night at the, Night Museum. At the Museum. And I'm, I realize that's not the same character, the same person. You um, never know, right? Yeah. Maybe it was. Uh, <laughs> It's based on a true story, after all. Uh, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um, I think I think Teddy Roosevelt would be kind of fun, just because um, you know strong leadership again. Yeah. Um, to do all the things that he's done, plus, I mean, just you find out stuff, and you're like, I feel like this guy was just punking people in some ways. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's, I feel like some of the national park systems that he set up were sort of a way to maybe get at people. I'm not positive on that. I've heard some different things where it was like, uh, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to make it a national park, and I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I feel like he had some of that um, humorous toughness to him. Yeah, yeah. He was, um, I, I, I was just, I went to the, the national park that's named after him in North Dakota last summer. Oh, yeah. A beautiful place. And they were talking about how he, I don't know much about it, he, he's, I'd like to read a biography at some point, but he was, they were talking about how he had spent, cause he has a, they have a, one of the historical sites there is they have a ranch that he, he owned. He lived there. It was after, cause like well, his first wife died quite young. Mm. And so he actually went to North Dakota for like a long time. And it said like it saved his life mm. to be there. Yeah. He, you know, he grew up in New York city. It was really a city yeah. wealthy city boy and go and and just and that was what sparked some of his love of conservation was just how much his ability to recover from the loss of his wife was came from being in nature in the in nature yeah and then of course he you know becomes like i think the youngest president ever he wasn't elected he was a vice president and the president died suddenly, sure. and he became president at like thirty-eight or thirty-nine or something crazy. So interesting. Which, story. as I, I remember hearing things like that in the past, and um, like, oh, they're the youngest person at thirty-eight, and you. I remember thinking, yeah. that's not that young. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Uh, that's young. Like thirty-eight. Well, is really he, young. he kept in the public sphere. Like I think he tried to run for president again later because the constitutional amendment hadn't been passed about. Yep. You know, he and tried. he was in for a while. Yeah, I think eight. I think he might have been because he came on as a vice president, and I don't know if he. I know he got elected at least once. I don't know if he got twice or not. But yeah, he he's he's a pretty fascinating guy, especially. I apologize with, to all the history buffs out there who know a lot more than us. Yeah, who know a lot more than us. <laughs> yeah. He was yeah. prime minister when? No, I'm just kidding. Prime minister. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then he was also like a, involved in the 
Spanish-American War in, mm-hmm. in Cuba. Yeah. And, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the hills that he was um, noted as charging that he never actually did, from what I understand. But oh, it was, really? Like, got, it got uh, sort of put that way. Mm-hmm. Okay, who's next? Uh, I think we're at number eight. We are at number eight. So this one, I don't necessarily have a particular person on that, um, but either a chef or a cake decorator. Sure. And uh, there's this chocolate guy that is on TikTok. Um, he makes all this chocolate stuff that is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It is almost insulting how amazing some of the stuff that he builds. Mm-hmm. Like, it is at a level. I mean, he's using lathes and things like that to make chocolate. Like, oh, sure. It is fantastic, beautiful, I'm sure delicious. And he just, like, holds these things up with this big smile on his face like, He's like a 15-year-old, mm-hmm. or a 3-year-old, really. Like, look at mommy, look what I made. But he's, like, super excited about it. And uh, it looks really good. And I love food. I love food. I love making it, talking about it, thinking about it, eating it, smelling it. All the different parts of things you can do with food. Yeah. And then as well, like, desserts, savories, and all that. Uh, I love all things food. I will talk about it for days. Um, so to sit with somebody that understands it, it will help me make more of that. <laughs> make more uh, It'll help me be a better chef or a cake decorator or, you know, making chocolate things out of, mm-hmm. making things out of chocolate. Um, that would be, I would love that. Just yeah. to sit down. So you don't have a person in mind, just a not overall. Not a particular person. Because I keep thinking like... Um, you know, Bobby Flay, let's, you know, yeah, yeah, which would be kind of fun, you know, but then because I love food so much, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. But then what about like, I need someone that's like a pastry chef mm-hmm. and then, but then I'm missing out on this type of food and then I'm missing out on this type of food. Julia Child. Right. <laughs> My boof. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I think that would be fun. to Chef just, Boyardee. Chef Boyardee. Yeah. Like my fave. Oh. Yeah. I mean, there's certain things I won't eat, and yes, that's yeah, that's spaghettios. Spaghettios um, is scary. Yeah, it's yeah. You you look at like some of the. I'm trying to think. Just some of the. I, I was recently watching, uh, a show on Hulu. I was telling you about it, The Bear. Oh yeah, and they do a lot. There's a lot of cooking on that show, and it is kind of like. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, it's one of those things that even in a picture. Or a painting. You see a painting of somebody in a kitchen preparing a meal, especially if it's a meal you recognize. It takes you somewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, you understand it because you can smell it. You can taste it. Like, your mouth waters. Like, all these different things. Mm-hmm. Like, food is so visceral to the, to the experience of the world. Yeah, and just how many of the, the great stories of the scriptures are based around meals. Yeah. I mean, it's just central to who we are. Right. So. Yeah, going back to having a you know meal every Sunday. Every Sunday right? yeah. I mean that yeah. it is so pivotal and important to our existence that there it is. And just the feast of Passover, and, yeah, it's it's, yep. it's all over. It's all over. Okay, so number nine as a as a wrap it up. Yeah, uh, number nine. Uncle Nearest. I don't know if you're familiar with the name. No. Well, I think it rounds off the the thing well. So I end with a cake decorator. And then Uncle Nearest was uh, a guy who, um, he's African-American. He was a slave, former slave, uh, I think at the time, Mm -hmm. who learned how to make bourbon. 
Okay. So, so we're going to finish off with the nightcap. <laughs> and he taught this other man how to make whiskey bourbon. And Jim Beam or something. His name was <laughs> Jack. Jack, um, yes. Yeah. So that guy, he yeah. taught Jack Daniels how to make Jack Daniels. Uh-huh. And, um, but one of them was white, one of them was black. Yeah. So he had no notoriety, he had no fame or fortune or anything from it. But he taught this other guy how to do it. And it sounds like it wasn't, it's not, I mean, it's amicable. I mean, all of it sounds like it was amicable in the story. Um, because I love bourbon and I love stories. So he ties together well. But his later, his family found the recipe that uh-huh. he had. So he had the original recipe. They have the original recipe. And um, took it to a patent lawyer. And mm-hmm. the lawyer looked at it and said, you've got a significant number of, I think it's like three or four ingredients that are different than the original, like the, than the Jack Daniels stuff. He said, this is very much a different thing. You've got, um, go and make millions. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're good to go. You're not. You don't have to worry about any infringement on this. So yeah. they started producing uh, Uncle Nearest bourbon. Mm-hmm. So it is owned by a descendant of his. I think it's a great great granddaughter or something like that. Great 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 granddaughter or something like that. So it's owned by a black woman. Um, owns Uncle Nearest. She's one of the early, the first or the only uh, minority owned um, African American owned distilleries. Okay. Um, making bourbon. I haven't had it. It is really good. Uh, not just for the story, but for the flavor. <laughs> uh, they've got two different versions, a lighter and a darker. And um, and I can buy this wherever? Or it's all over the place. Total Wine. Total Wine has it. All right. Two different bottles. They're, they're rectangular bottles. They're, uh, I have not heard of it. That's yeah. funny. It's wonderful. 1888. So, so he had his own recipe, mm-hmm. but Jack Daniel got like... He tweaked it. He tweaked it, yeah. so he made his own... But yep. then when they went and found, when they went with his original recipe, they could, he could still patent that. He could still patent it. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. And that's my understanding story. is that old number seven for Jack Daniels is like his seventh mix. So uh-huh. he, like, he tried all these different things. But, uh-huh. uh, well, there you go. There you go. Well, that's a very interesting list. So we, well, we're covering from 1000 BC <laughs> to right away, right, where your dad would have been, yeah. or Dwayne Johnson, actually. Dwayne Johnson's still here. still yeah. around. Well, that's a really great list. Well, John, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, talk to, and it's great to talk about something. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna totally check out the uh, Uncle Nearest. Uh, yeah. that, that's definitely. Let me know when you do. My so first I'll, stop I'll on over. the way home. Yeah, I'll come <laughs> over. It's not, uh, it's not the cheapest of bourbons. Really? Uh, yeah, well, it's probably fifty, I think, in the bottle range. Well, yeah, well, there's I one mean, for forty, one for fifty, or yeah. sixty, I think. I mean, that, that that that's a little pricey, yeah. obviously. But I mean, bourbon in general, if you're gonna get one that isn't just kind of a cheap one, is it gonna be? Run you at least these days, 25 or 30. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right, John. Well, thanks so much for coming by. And Absolutely. if you have an idea for a, a, something you would like to talk about, by all means, let me know. My email address is joel at ofthecross.org. Nine people um, would be a great thing. But whatever you want to do. I Nine you know, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Just make it into – I don't know if we want to just make it into an alcohol podcast since it's a church podcast. But, yeah, maybe. You know, we'll see. Well, in any case, thanks so much for, for joining me. And for those of you listening – Let me know if you'd love to be a part of the podcast. And until the next time I see you, may the peace of the Lord be with you.